Um, so I just want to say, how are you? How are you doing? How's your day? I'm good. I'm well. My day was fine. <laughs> My day was good, well, and fine. What was it? What was the best part of your day? The best part of my day was, um, hmm. uh, I don't know. I woke up really early and didn't go back to sleep. So by by the time we finished doing our errands, I was like, ah, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so So now I'm just like tired and... disillusioned <laughs> i don't know if disillusioned is the right word but you're probably feeling a little like oh my gosh i have had a full day <laughs> yeah. i'm not planning on having this full day yeah especially after wait you worked this weekend yeah so <laughs> yeah. a pretty chill i guess it's a week so, but I think that we got to spend a lot more time together than we usually do on a Monday. Yes, that was definitely really fun. Yeah. Oh, this is open. <laughs> You're looking behind me like there's something there. <laughs> How are you feeling after your doctor's appointment? Good. Okay. So, I'm going to ask you some questions. They're just pretty chill, open. So, first off. What is your favorite book and why? Well, if I had to choose a favorite book, you asked me this question this morning, and I can't say that I have a favorite, Mm -hmm. but one of the books that came to mind that sparked a favorite sort of memory of mine Mm -hmm. would probably be The Stand by Stephen King. Okay. So my aunt, uh, my Aunt Jane, she used to have so many books on her shelf. And my parents, you know, um, Nana, Pop, Aunt and Grandpa would always indulge me in books. Yeah. I never had to, you know, I was never without like a book in my hand. Um, so I love to read from a very early age. And Aunt Jane, well, just Jane, would always have <laughs> these books. Like, she had all these Stephen King books. And one particular summer, going on a family reunion, it was a like an eight-hour drive to Mississippi for a family reunion. And I needed a book. Yeah. And that was the book I chose to read. Um, she just let me pick it up off her shelf to borrow it, of course. Yeah. And I was so proud of me because I was, I, you know, the book's over like a thousand pages long. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was 12 years old and I was really excited that I, you know, when I finally finished the book that I was able to get through the book during the duration of the trip. Yeah. Um, not only that, but I really enjoyed the, the story. Uh, my mom never censored so to speak Mm -hmm. 
the type of the the age level at which I read things. Yeah. So the con and Stephen King's a writer and says that he will write about a complex um, plot without making it complicated. So he doesn't yeah. use a dime word when he can use the five cent word. So he, um, but definitely is a vivid writer. Um, it was something that was just that actively captivated me in a sense i love mysteries i love the conflict like i can think of it now and think about good versus evil yeah um i think that as adults and even as children we come across those two very basic concepts mm -hmm. really often and they manifest themselves in different ways but a lot of the conflicts that we face externally and often in, within ourselves are do the right thing, which is usually the road less traveled. It's usually going to be the harder question. It's going to be the harder, you know, longer road. Or are we going to indulge in ourselves? Are we going to take the easier route, the route that might not see, be seen as the quote unquote good route? Mm-hmm. You know, definitely yeah. one that's more frequented. What, so, kind of what it sounds like is that was a very, like, pivotal book from your childhood, and it meant a lot to you. So do you think there's any book that is kind of pivotal to your life now? Like, any book that you, or I guess any book that resonates with you in this period of your life? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there is. Okay, that's um, fair. I, but I, and you're not going to love this response, but as you get older mm -hmm. and you start to really think through, you know, you start to come to terms in as far as like your, your lifespan, mm -hmm. your legacy, um, you start to come to terms and become settled, in a sense, with your spirituality, um, whether that be, like, who or what you believe in. And you know the things that, you know, have happened to mommy that have really brought me, in a sense, closer to God and really, like, exploring, like, what his word is mm -hmm. and how that affects how no how it affects my life yeah if i choose to live it or if i just choose to see it or if i close my eyes and choose not to see it how i interact with you how i want that to resonate with you mm -hmm. as you take steps to leave this household and begin a new chapter in your life yeah. So, do you believe it's kind of not really things that define you, but like help you get there or like make your decisions or something that kind of influences your outlook on life in different situations? I don't understand your question. What is your question? Repeat it. Um,. So do you, like, view books or 
because my question was kind of, is there any book that resonates with you or not necessarily resonates with you, but I guess you can especially feel and you gave that response. So I was asking if with that kind of viewpoint, do you feel books as less of a medium to define where you are in life um, versus them being something that helps your journey through life and how you see things? So I think that books, through the different genres that I enjoy, books are, oh, they can be so much. They can be a an escape. Yeah. An escape from my current reality. Or they can be a map to where I want my reality to land or where I want it to be. Yeah. So the book that I'm reading now, The, the Wealthy Gardener, Mm-hmm. Um, a book that your uncle Kenny suggested to me yeah. um, is a book towards just finding using a common concept and a simple concept such as gardening and how do you build a solid financial future Yeah, and that really I yearn to read it because of you know just you know, the, the whole goal of you where you are is to make sure if you have kids that you want your kids to be in a better situation. So how do I absorb the lessons of this book yeah. so that I can teach you these lessons as you go into the into your future and explore your financial freedom? But no, I think that they can be a lesson too. I think that there's so much value in knowing where you have headed. That is why journaling is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it really, it depends on your mood as far as the, what book you decide to pick up and why you pick it up. Yeah. It's just like episodes of TV that I watch. <laughs> I love to watch them over and over and over again because it either evokes a specific, like, oh, I remember when I saw this the first time or the fifth time, yeah. or I remember where I was when I read this for the first time. I think... I really agree with what you said on journaling and I feel me personally, I find it easier to sometimes like draw or paint because um, I, I feel something I struggle with is kind of verbalizing like my feelings. Um, and so that's kind of something I'm dealing with as I get back into reading because, you know, I used to love reading so much and then, you know, school does its school thing and you don't have much time to read outside of the 30 hours of homework you have so like really kind of finding that I guess joy and writing and journaling again is something that's really fun um but like the first steps is really kind of placing because kind of what you said before with oh, this reminds me of this specific feeling or memory. I find it so easy to just kind of draw something that doesn't necessarily have words, but it still holds, like, a story. Um, Because my favorite book is probably, or not probably, like, when I think of my favorite book, my mind immediately goes to The Secret Garden. Um, Like, I remember reading it in elementary school, 
Um, and actually the first time we got it from like Goodwill um, or like a thrift shop. And I was like, oh, this is one of those big kid books. And I felt really <laughs> like, I will say snarky, but I felt really kind of proud. And I was like, I can read this book. Um, and even though later I'm like, I could read it, but like, I didn't comprehend it or like the messages, but I still remember the feeling because whenever I, it's like, you know, the do in the morning or whenever, um, it's early in the morning, you're on the way to school to work. Um, and it's kind of like misty outside or those like mundane days where it's kind of, I guess, gloomy, but it's not sad. It's like those specific feelings remind me of The Secret Garden. And it was a book that I really <laughs> enjoyed. Um, Do you enjoy it the same way now that you can read it with comprehension? Um, I definitely, yeah, I'd say so. Um, even though it, I've kind of... Did it kind of spoil it for you now that yeah. you read it and you're like, oh, that's what they meant. Because yeah. in so many of those books, it can have such a simple theme, but definitely complex, you know, underlying, you yeah. know, sub-themes behind it. Sort of like Pixar movies and the yeah. jokes that they put in there. You're like, whoa, that ain't for kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think... um just having a higher level of comprehension than I did in like the second and third grade, it doesn't necessarily spoil it, but it brings a level of, I guess, awareness or realism to it that takes you out of the fantasy element. Because whenever I reread it now, it's like, it's like a conflicting thing where you have that whimsical kind of vibe and then you realize how like, oh, <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah but I think that maybe that's sort of like that was sort of the goal of the author yeah which I applaud mission accomplished right because, <laughs> and I would only wish to aspire that sort of uh, aspire to write to that level mm-hmm. and yeah. mommy hasn't written in years like I used to love to write and yeah. You know, I wish that you would get back to your writing. Yeah, I mean, kind of backtracking to the point and then going. My favorite types of book, and I honestly, I feel it is because The Secret Garden. Uh, I just have a very, I have a great fondness towards those books that just continues to build off of each other with each read. So like, you can read it one time as a kid or whatever and think one thing and you just keep learning from it I absolutely adore those books um but yeah I definitely feel that I really do like writing um and I know it's something that I'm good at and so it's been like it's a it's a journey in itself to one get back into reading and definitely writing and I know I feel when I first started to write I had a really big imagination I guess and so a lot of 
my writing from at least like kind of self-reflecting <laughs> through college essays and other things just as I grow up is writing is really like an outlook onto your life and especially as a kid it's like how you learn how you I guess cope or learn to see or process your your world and I feel one issue that I kind of ran into as I got older is I didn't necessarily try to write as someone else but I guess I wasn't necessarily truthful with the things I wanted to write um or and kind of write in a voice that I thought would be just accepted so it wasn't wholly mine and eventually I just lost passion because I'm like this isn't me and it wasn't fun anymore and also because I just didn't know what to write um and kind of how writing and reading is like an outlook onto your own life and journey it's really easy to get lost in that so when you don't even know how to look at your own situation you can't really build off of that and so certainly something I've learned to do as I get back into poetry and just kind of scripting um learning to kind of take control of your own narrative because it doesn't have to be any certain thing like there are no right or wrong answers um and that's something I was really scared of like I never liked people to read what I wrote um and even whenever we went to that one meeting with my school counselor um a lot of my professors and teachers says that my writing is really good, but it just took a lot of convincing for me to believe that. I want to I want to encourage you on your journey, Karen, as you begin to rediscover your voice and what part of you is you mm. and know that as an adult baby sometimes they're just as an adult we don't have the answers either sometimes you don't know how, what to verbalize or how to say it you're afraid that if you say it it's gonna be wrong even the most crotchety old woman <laughs> sometimes loses her voice and what to say yeah. so what what comes out of her mouth is word vomit but <laughs> everyone has that moment mm -hmm. and that's perfectly okay it's beautiful to be human yeah and our imperfections are what make us just perfectly us like it's amazing but they're so scary <laughs> yeah for sure it's scary like there's not a if life were just one single emotion it'd be so boring yeah and we will be so one dimensional, but it's knowing how to navigate through those different. Is your screen need to be on? No, oh. <laughs> but thank you for asking. Um, it's just knowing that not having the answers is sometimes the answer because yeah. sometimes the, the, the sunrise is through working through all the muck. 
I think that's definitely a lesson that I'm still learning and one that was probably the hardest to to learn that sometimes it's okay to fail like it's okay to be wrong um because that's definitely something that's such like a crippling fear that just makes you stop in your tracks and end up sabotaging yourself because you don't want to say or do the wrong thing and um like I'm not much of a person to say I should have done this or I should have said this because I accept things how they are in the moment and try to use them as learning opportunities but that doesn't mean that failure makes you less or it doesn't mean that it makes you any less insecure than other things because you can accept the fact I don't know if this is going to make sense but you can accept the fact that you failed without accepting it um so whether that's like accepting the consequences of your failure and taking it to heart um and it's just something that you have to navigate because like you said we aren't perfect and sometimes it's that failure that catapults you into doing greater than you did before because sometimes you really have to like hit rock bottom to really appreciate the things that you have in your life and to really learn how to move forward and some people are lucky enough to be faced with those lessons earlier on in life than having to learn it later in life. And I feel that's kind of a big issue with a lot of people. They either don't learn those lessons or they don't accept it, where you can learn something and not comprehend it, like we, like we kind of touched on earlier. But it's just those, it's just those types of things that you have. Life's a constant journey. <laughs> so I guess moving on um is there a favorite song that you have I know that with me I have oh I have so many different um songs that I really enjoy and kind of a funny thing is literally every year since I think seventh grade I make a playlist <laughs> Um, and in middle school, they were just, like, quirky names. But then in high school, I had, like, freshman season, sophomore season, yeah. <laughs> junior season, and now senior season. Oh. Um, but I'm looking through my playlist right now. But if there's any specific song, um, I mean, I couldn't even tell you. Because <laughs> I make so many different playlist for very specific moods <laughs> so it's always difficult to kind of narrow it down yeah yes very <laughs> um Well, while you're looking through your playlist, I I don't have a favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that 
my taste in music is that is I wouldn't even I wouldn't venture to describe it as eclectic. I think my taste in music is actually a little basic because, <laughs> no, because I really don't. I mean, I enjoy like a little bit of all 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 types, like yeah. a little bit of country. You know, you've got the opera station saved on my radio, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and I like to listen to that. Um, I think that. I really like right now I'm jamming to holiday music and I'll <laughs> listen to Christmas music through December 25th yeah. and whenever they cut it off. Um, I think that, you know, having played an instrument a really long time ago, I have an, an appreciation for music being such a calming yeah sort of like putting you in that sort of place um you know as well as anyone that my radio station frequently stays on not on music stations <laughs> so it really actually stays on stations where i'm hearing people talk yeah um, i think that that actually comes from a couple of places it comes from a place of lonely mm-hmm and it also comes from a place of where my personality lands. So I really like to listen to people in conversations more than I'm going to inject myself into a conversation with people that I don't know. Yeah. Um, but also, I just think that it puts me in a better mood to go to work and having laughed as I got out of the car than listening to, you know, some trap music, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because really coming from like a, a spiritual place, Mm -hmm. what you listen to affects how you think. Yeah. And (laughs) to listen to a song with like, or a playlist with a lot of like cussing in it, like, yeah, that's not like, it's fun to party it's fun to like work out with but you will notice your how how just how much smoother the cuss words just flow off your tongue than you know when you're listening to something like that and then what your conversations sound like afterwards Mm -hmm. when you're just not even trying to use your vocabulary yeah that would have a more intelligent word for what you're trying to say yeah this not to like say this is what you are saying right now, but I definitely believe music not necessarily manifest in your life, but I definitely feel like the things you listen to manifest in your life. So like if you're really sad and all you listen to is sad music, then uh, yeah, of course, sometimes it helps you feel better. But it also helps you helps remain stuck. Mm-hmm. It like you get really stuck. Um, like if I listen, if I had to delete a lot of my <laughs> middle school playlists on Spotify because I went back and I was like, yeah. "Was it really that deep?" <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm just like, "That's concerning." <laughs> and so like yeah, even now. Even now, like, I moderate my playlist, and I'm like, this is for this type of mood. This is for this type of mood. Because we're fluid, um, and so it's okay to feel different emotions um, and songs 
do that. And I've been scrolling for like five minutes and I still can't find a song. Um, but it's just like music really def. I feel saying music defines the places that you are in life is kind of unfair and even hyperbolic because it's all so different all the time. Um, my taste in music is always evolving. And even though I, I feel I'm coming in to my own, like, I guess, personality or sense, um, because you don't have that pressure of, like, school or peers. Because um, especially, like, when high school started, I remember I didn't tell anyone the music I listened to, even though it was pretty popular amongst those, like, artist communities. Um, and so, like, I did everything I could to fit in. And while in some regards it helped because I broadened my music taste, um, in, other, in, I guess, a more negative light, if I were to say anything, then I would, um, then I would just kind of play pretend. And so I think if, I'll be honest, (laughs) um, I want to say it's my favorite song, but I guess a song that's quite meaningful to me is After the Storm by Kelly Uchis or Ugis, um, and Tyler the Creator and Bootsy Collins. Yeah, Bootsy Collins. Um, and so one of the lyrics is, so if you need a hero, if you need a hero, just look in the mirror, just look in the mirror. No one's going to save you now, so you better save yourself. And everybody's hurting, everybody's going through it, but you can't just give up now because you got to save yourself. The sun will come out. Nothing good ever comes easy. I know times are rough, but winners don't quit, so don't you give up. And that's pretty much the beef, or not the beef, the roots of the chorus. Um, And I don't know, I really like it. Um, To be honest, when I first heard the song, it was just, you know, a song you kind of put on and listen to without the meaning but I feel that songs come on in parts of your life where they really where you need it um and so honestly that was a song that came on during work (laughs) and I was like that is true um because I hadn't heard it in a while but I mean, it's true because I feel a dilemma a lot of people, or at least I found myself getting into, is you want other people to fix you or to solve all of your problems or to just take those things away, but you're more reluctant to really, I guess, not take accountability for how you are contributing or I guess not really doing much to help yourself because it can be really easy to get caught up in 
all that's going on in your life, um, even if you're affected by things that you can't control. But there are things you can control. Like, I'm a firm believer in you can't control other people, but you can control your response to it. So if someone makes you upset, even if they're at fault, you are responsible for how you respond. Um, And whenever things in your life are hectic or just kind of turned around, however, um, you're responsible for how you respond. And while there are situations where, like, other people are responsible for the things they do or how they make you feel, there's a certain threshold where you have to kind of be there for yourself because you can get so lost and feel really lonely if you're if you just keep waiting or expecting other people to be there in your life and when people don't show up and you, you yourself don't show up then what are you left with the feeling of loneliness and of course there's a lot of factors that go into that but you have to learn how to kind of just enjoy enjoy yourself um i know that i don't really talk much from like the past two years i haven't really spoken much with any of my friends from school and so that kind of can throw you in or at least it's kind of thrown me into a rather lonely place um and not in like a bad way but you kind of have to learn how to accept yourself for who you are and be enough because one thing i definitely had to work through was expecting others to be in your life or to like show up in your life um without wanting something um and just really learning to accept how to be there. Because I feel that the people in your life always come and go. Like, no one's guaranteed to stay in your life for any certain amount of time, for any reason. And But you, yourself, will always be there. So um, really learning how to be your own superhero. And it doesn't even have to just be yourself or other people. Um, sometimes you have to take it on and it's not bad at all like I remember at work um, I don't say where but um, even kind of amidst that and some people not being very nice or kind of being cliquish you know the same type of deal as with school I'd always try to be that person people know they can come to And even if they're not necessarily good to me, I try to be good to them and offer them that, I guess, person or positivity that I'd want myself. Because if you're missing that, and take this to the grain of salt, if you're missing that one person or people um, in your life, then you can be that person for other people and it's satisfying and whether or not those feelings or kindness is reciprocated 
you can take pride in the fact that you're doing good for someone else. So that's that was kind of a very long unrelated rant. But that's why that song is very dear to me. Um, or at least that's why the song's meaningful. I appreciate you sharing that, Karan. And I would like to speak on a couple of points that you've made. Because I do agree with a couple of things that you said, and I disagree with a couple of things that you said. Yeah. Um, I think that everyone should aspire to be their own superhero. But I don't, while I don't, I give songwriters and artists a ton of recognition for what they do because none of it is easy on any level yeah it is hard to freaking play the ukulele like i can't do it (laughs) like and you know shout out to all the ukulele players and people that write songs for it i know right (laughs) but i i can't as your mom Mm -hmm. and if i were hearing another teenager say this to me like it is it saddens me to hear how that song resonated with you in a sense because i feel that songs like that encourage kids to only look inward when that's not it's only that's not his intent i don't doubt for a second that he like that song saved a life somewhere and i understand that But I also understand that we have to also, like, at what point do we show the kids? And these are kids listening to the songs. These aren't aren't adults listening to Tyler, the creator. These kids (laughs) listening to this music. So at what point do we show our kids how to, one, communicate that they're feeling like someone has failed them, someone is not there for them, I need this from you. Mm-hmm. And to and to teach our kids to be open-minded through the entire their entire lives because I felt like you were an extremely open well open-minded child. Mm-hmm. Very adaptable to situations and that changed. And I would love for you to become a more open-minded adult because I know being much more your senior that that is going to be the key to, that's going to be one of the unlocks to letting go of the cynicism that that song allows you to hold on to like a blanket when holding on to like yeah you you have to be there for yourself you have to be satisfied and love yourself first before you can think about loving someone else Mm -hmm. but there are people just because that those people have not entered your circle yet does not mean that those people do not exist those people are not there and you know, not to go back to the conversation you and I had earlier, but about like being quick to dismiss people mm-hmm. like when we know how it feels to be dismissed. Like, 
you would never want anyone to feel that way. So while you can positively be that person, like I love that, you know, you actively want to like be that person for someone, even though they're not being that person for you. Mm -hmm. That's draining. (laughs) You know, no, like you have to believe how worthy you are of those relationships i want you to continue to communicate and keep it worries me that you're not working and you're at home in school because i don't want you to draw into yourself like you need those outside points of contact with others yeah. like you need those and that doesn't that's not TikTok <laughs> that's not you know through text you need to physically see people and it's like that that makes me really look forward to getting back like getting much more active in dance and my other extracurriculars um and so I really appreciate that point because honestly, I I can agree with um, the points that you made. Like sometimes I do use that, I guess, mentality as a crutch because I'll admit that sometimes I'm scared that people will stop liking me or that people will hurt me. So I choose to cut off communication to just... Like, I guess, just to... Just to protect yourself. It's a defense mechanism, sweetheart, and I get it. And from someone who's operated in her career on a fear of failure for decades, were reasons that I will not bring into this conversation, know that it is a staller. Mm -hmm. You'll never know your unlock if you keep stalling yourself. Like, it's self-sabotage. Yeah. And I want you to just give yourself a chance to be happy. Like, all of the methods that you want us to talk through, like, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite music? Like, yeah, those are ways that we can seek communication with ourselves. It's like a... But it's a very one-sided part of communication. And I want you to explore how do I how do I share this love of communicating with other Mm -hmm. people so I'm glad like we're having this conversation but know that it's important for you to get this stuff out like I don't want you to just read about it yeah I want you to say it like use your use your painting Mm -hmm. to find the words to be able to say, mommy, I need this. Mommy, I need to talk to you about this painting. Mommy, what do you see when you see this painting? And then you tell me what you meant when you did the painting. Yeah. I definitely agree. And that's kind of like this project I'm doing even right now. It's me learning to find my voice. Um, Like, I remember I first tried to start this in like eighth grade like the summer going into ninth but I was really insecure about my voice and then I was scared to say the wrong thing 
or people wouldn't like it, but I just didn't, and it was a completely different idea, I'll be honest, but it was still that kind of fear. Um, so just being able to really talk about the things that I enjoy um, is definitely something that I'm really happy. And like with Model UN, honestly, I'm so grateful to have been a part of it at my school because before then, like, I feel I definitely developed a lot of really good public speaking skills from that. Um, and especially with like some challenges I faced with team members and having to take on a big, big project almost by myself or with little supports from them, which honestly now as like a junior senior, I can understand that. But as like an underclassman, you don't, all you see is, oh, I have to do all of this by myself. But um, that's besides the point. But Model UN has really taught me how to stand up for myself. And even though it's something I'm not perfect in, I'm definitely a lot further than how I was before. And I'm much more confident in my writing abilities. I mean, I was able to go to open mic. And that's something I never, never saw myself doing. Um, like, never at all. Um... And so it's just something that's really nice. I agree. And I get just kind of wrap things up. Um, what's your favorite TV show? <laughs> what would you guess is my favorite TV show? Um, uh, without seeing like the station or anything, I definitely think you have a niche for classics. Which, <laughs> which I can I can respect. We all have our niches. Um, yeah, you definitely have a thing for the classic TV. But do you understand why? No, and that's what I want to get. So the reason that I really enjoy, you can say it. I love Murder She Wrote. I love yeah. Columbo. I love the you know my Midsummer Murders. I definitely love a good mystery. Okay, but I also really enjoy. TV that I don't have to navigate through sexual innuendos. I don't have to navigate through cursing. Yeah. I don't have to navigate through complex, you know, themes or we're going <laughs> to bring a news, you know, something that's happened in the news oh. into this, you know, and create a whole hour's episode about it. No, it's just simple. 45 minutes of just T television just yeah. <laughs> writers doing what they were paid to do which is to create unique stories that would take a person out of their reality for yeah. that period of time and allow them to easily transition back into their reality without feeling damaged or traumatized i think that's very like profound and maybe profound is hyperbolic but i think that's really nice like I do agree um I don't want to sound like a boomer <laughs> but I can't really watch I guess regular programming so like what comes on ABC um or other I guess mainstream news outlets um 
be just because, like what you said before, bringing the news into it. Like you watch TV as an escape, and you don't want to continue to have these things that you deal with um, brought to you. Like my favorite TV show. Um, honestly, they've been the same since like middle school, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, you already know that I love my Adventure Time. I love Steven Universe. But the reason why is I remember when I first got into it, especially with like Steven Universe, um, as like a kid, it really. It was the first show, at least I really saw, and I guess exposure I had to things like mental health, um, identity, and those things. So it was the first kind of, I guess, outlet um, or thing to say that those feelings are normal and they're valid. Um, and a lot of the episodes were things that things real were issues that kids, human beings, really deal with. Um, and I guess a lot of kids programming, um, before, like, I guess my day and age, um, and not all of them, of course, but not all of them really tackled those issues or really spoke to my demographic, like we're humans in the sense that we can feel these emotions, um, so it really taught me how to really process those feelings that I was that were really confusing um, and just feel validated. Um, and I wrote about this, but there's this one song um, from an episode and it deals with like anxiety. And I remember watching it in dad's office, like in sixth grade and I was like, oh my gosh, like this makes so much sense. And I remember crying because I was like, this is so relatable. Um, but it's like those conversations and like those things you don't have with family and um, like TV, like you never see it before. And it's, I guess that mental health um, and that stuff is kind of a taboo topic um, amongst like black households, I'll be honest. Um, even though it's more prevalent than people like to admit. And that's definitely something that our generations have to work through um, and continue doing. And I can understand it because in a sense, a lot of people don't have the time or the resources to work through those things because we're in survival mode so much of the time. But as we get into like, because um, without being too detailed, I grew up very different than how you and dad did in that regard. So there's changes with every generation. Um, but I just, I really like those types of TV shows that come at you head on and that still manage to be goofy and silly and fantastical and all those sorts of things. And so I would like to thank you very much. I know I said 40 minutes, which wasn't a lie. <laughs> but I 
love you very much. And I'm so glad to have gotten to learn got learned about you and this because I think that's really cool. Well, I love you too, Karen, for the rest of my life. High five. We we need to do it close. <laughs> close. Yeah, you hear that? Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day, wonderful night, wherever it is. See ya. Peace.